This is the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, a discussion of the crazy world of pro wrestling. I'm Norco Kipti, joined by Josh Wiener and Jarrett Aubrey. Fellas, how are we tonight? Uh, really good, considering the topic of discussion. I, I'm actually excited to talk about AEW. How soon before we start calling it AEW? AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Norco, buddy, it has to be a good day when there's no WWE involved at this point. <laughs> well, we could talk about Moxley on uh, Jericho, Jericho's podcast about that, uh, what he said. But uh, we're oh, not going to talk that's about its that. Own, that's its own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I read talk the bullet about... points version. Holy crap. Oh, my God, yes. But that's not the point. We're talking double or nothing. AEW's debut show on pay-per-view the op- the pre-show was actually on uh on youtube which i got to watch and josh said he unfortunately had to miss it due to some uh issues <laughs> yeah but he got you know not, he caught want, the- not wanting to end up in divorce court that's that <laughs> yeah, um, that's probably for the best yeah i saw the closing when it was down to the last four so which the two uh the two matches on the buy-in pre-show which had the 21-man Casino Battle Royale, which was won by Adam Page, last eliminating MJF. And this way, it was it was definitely different. And how, you know, like, like John, we mentioned on last week's pre-show how they were introducing groups of, clo- uh, uh, what do you call them? Suits. Suits, thank you. Card suits. And then the last one was, uh, ended up being actually a 22-man Casino Battle Royale, but Jerry, you watched the whole thing. What did you think about it? Yeah, it was a slightly different way of doing it. Like we're used to watching the Royal Rumble, obviously. So rather than one person after another coming and you deal with two people in the ring, three people in the ring, maybe one gets eliminated, you're down to two, then three. They brought out groups of, I forget the number, four or five. So they split everybody up into, like you said, the, the suits of card suits. So they call, you know, diamonds came out and then hearts came out. So all the different groups came out. And all of a sudden you got 10 guys in the ring, which is awesome because there's lots of action all the time as opposed just to watching again just a couple people. Um, even within that battle royal, it was, uh, it was easy to, to focus in on people and see what they were about. I'm, I'm an instant MGF hater. And, <laughs> and that's not a good thing. We're not talking heel heat. We're oh, talking go oh, away oh. heat here. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm not a fan of him. I figured that out right Uh-oh. away. <laughs> uh, we about to have words, son. <laughs> it was good to see uh, Sean Spears again, uh, formerly Ty Dillinger. He's still doing the 10 gimmick, which is awesome. I think he's getting away with that. Uh, and the, the only thing, if I had to put a downer on this match, would be the, 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 the tried and true finish of, you know, the one guy hanging outside the ring the guy thinks he wins, the guy comes back in, almost dumps him over the top, and oh no, he hangs on and dumps the first guy out of the ring. So I had no problem with uh, Adam Page winning. Um, <clears throat> he's kind of a reward, if you will, for his other match against uh, Pac getting cancelled. Uh, good match overall. The, the finish was just kind of overdone, but otherwise uh, a pretty decent match. Wait a minute, wait a minute. First match in, and we're already talking a wrestling trope? That's it. AEW's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't mind seeing 
you know, a, a clean win in a Royal Rumble now and then, right? So we're about a Royal now and then. It just seems that every they came year, up with an they came up with an innovative start. You can't expect an innovative end. Oh to yeah, it. no. I, and again, I really, I that was really part of that I liked was the the groups of people coming out to the the card suits because, like I said, rather than you know one or two people batting alone, all of a sudden you've got five and ten people in the ring. It was great. I liked. Uh, well, I, I mean, on a well, I I can tell you, uh, I talked about it with Josh last week. Excuse me, God, I'm. Going on. Anyways, MJF's only like 22 years old. He's only been in the business like two or three years. So whether I mean, if you hate him now, maybe he'll get better as on. But he's not. He has not been in the business long at all. Well, it, you know, and he's to to give him some props. He's he's decent from what I saw work wise. He's obviously charismatic to beat the band. But God damn, is he annoying? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the whole point. Oh. He's Iconics level annoying. No, oh, no, no, no. He's way beyond that annoying. <laughs> well, that's good. Me. No, no, no. He, he's he's he gets it, and and this is jumping the gun. But he, there's a segment later on where he cuts a phenomenal heel promo, and at that age, he just gets it. My, I, I, I think he talked too much. That's my problem. And he, <laughs> it just became annoying rather than entertaining. Well, it's possible somebody might have missed their cue and he just had to ramble on. But for the most part, it was strong. Oh, I see. We're on gonna... a personal note, I thought it was kind of cool to see Marco stunting there again, <laughs> co- coming back from his knee injury and doing what he does and being like the smallest, well, the second smallest man in the match. Who who knows? Um, forgive me if I get the name wrong. Was it Orange Cassidy? Oh God, I know. He what is yet. that gimmick about? <laughs> is he always in slow motion? What the f was that? It's the lackadaisical gimmick that he has. That, that's that's oh. his gimmick. He just I, cares I, about I, I do not like it. Everybody, I, was, <laughs> I heard about him for months before I saw him at the. Um, one of the shows at WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania weekend. And I saw that match and it almost made me turn off the whole show itself. It, it was just, I, I don't like it. I do well, not. Damn. Like but it seems to work for him because he, you know, he apparently is, has some popularity. So, but yeah, I don't like that. He was the 22nd man in this 21 man battle Royal. I well, forgot he- what their reasoning is for uh, him being it. The 22nd man. He kind of got the just Santino to, Morello spot. Yeah, I was going to say just to pop the crowd, I guess. Because the I crowds guess. seemed to know who he was. I guess, but yeah. I, if if Jared, Jared hates MGF like he does, then I, I don't like M, uh, Orange Cassidy like that. <laughs> I, I just, I just, <laughs> ugh. And I'm somewhere in the middle. On yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, there's a lot of people who like him, so, you know, more power to him. He's Okay, but along the same lines, isn't it the same kind of campiness as Joey Ryan's gimmick? Yeah, and they wanted him too, but he didn't sign I him. mean, that's that's Shakara-level stuff. AEW wanted him too, but they uh, he apparently didn't sign with him. He signed with the WWE. Well, he's supposed to announce that tomorrow, isn't he? 
Oh, I don't know. He's supposed to have an announcement at Bar Wrestling, which is apparently his promotion. Oh, great. So. One more reason not to watch WWE TV. <laughs> don't, he get, don't he get me started with the WrestleMania weekend match that he had. <laughs> oh. All right, know, let's move on. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> Before we go, I'll go on another rant. But, and then we had the second pre-show match, which had Kit Sabian defeating Sammy Guevara. Did you get to watch this one, Jarrett? Oh, yeah, sorry. I was just kind of waiting for Josh, I guess. But, yeah, you missed this one. Sorry. Um, this this match had the unfortunate distinction for me for being the worst match on the card, and that's not a bad thing. This is actually a solid match. I, I don't know either of the guys, but I watched the entire match. I was I was impressed with the work, but just everything else on the show was just better, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... So it was- it was the equivalent of the worst takeover match. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. No, I'm okay, not trying to okay. slag them. It was the worst five-star match on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with your assessment there, Jared. I agree with that. It it wasn't anything special, but it wasn't like like you said, anything outstanding either. Oh, it was very serviceable. It was a, it was a really good uh, uh I don't want to say it was a good raw match, but it was you know, it was uh it was a good regular match. It, they, they did well. It just had the, uh, like I said, it was unfortunate. All the other matches were so good. It did what it was, was supposed here, to. He'd probably say, it was fine. It was fine. It was okay. It was fine. <laughs> it was what it was, a pre-show match to get the crowd hyped up. It was fine for a 59, uh, 49.90. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. It was free. It was free. My bad. Let's let's uh, get to the opening of the show, which uh, before we get, before I forget, the pre-show match had Alex Marvez and Excalibur on commentary. The main show had Marvez, Excalibur, and Jim Ross on commentary. Okay, so for for the record, I, I didn't mind Jr. so much. He he obviously stumbled in some parts, and um, I think he lost his way a couple of times. And I don't know whether people th- expect the the uh, the legendary call from him each and every time. I'm not sure about that, but he was he was all right. He wasn't the bad part. Excalibur, I really enjoyed. That Marvez guy can can go eat dog shit. I can't stand him. <laughs> Damn. Damn. He, uh, he, he supposedly calls NFL games. He's awful. That's it. Okay, yeah. see, that's what it sounds like. To, that was what it sounded like to me, Josh, was like it does sound like he was an NFL analyst, you know, doing a wrestling show. And then, yeah, I, he was doing a bit too much. I, I don't know. He was know, trying too hard. I don't know. I didn't have a, too much of a. I didn't have too much of a problem with it. You know, Jr. I think is past his prime, and you know, because I think Excalibur did the job that Jr. could have. Jr. did fine. Excalibur was excellent. He he was yeah. great, and I was at All In, so I didn't get to hear him at All In. But um, I thought he was great. Um, the part that bothered me the most is when they would do that shot, the camera shot of the three announcers looking back. Or looking, you know, at the camera or whatever. And Marvez and Excalibur were looking at the camera. JR just didn't have his head quite all the way up or his eyes at the camera. It was like he was looking straight ahead, but straight ahead was not where the camera was. It was just irritating me the whole night. Every time every time they cut to the three of them, I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> I got to avert my eyes, much like JR is. <laughs> the first match on the card, which had uh, SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky 
Defeating the Stronghearts team of Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. This was a way to open the show for sure. Oh my god, that was good. This was great. Uh, this is my indoctrination to the strong arts for sure. And, you know, obviously as we go along, several other people on this show. Um, but that's the point of a new promotion is to get you to get you familiar with people that you might not know, but now you do. Um, so I thought this was fantastic. The action was all over the place. It was one of those, it could have been like, the same as like uh, comparatively speaking, like the Usos versus New Day in terms of just nonstop action, but better. And it just it was phenomenal. Um, props to all six guys. I was thoroughly entertained, and so many near falls, and that's kind of a running theme throughout the night. And normally I hate that, but. I, I was at least entertained, and so I was happy with that. And Narco, don't even bother asking me about the prediction records because we all sucked. No, I wasn't going to since Jared's on, and he didn't do predictions, so I wasn't going to yeah. bother with with it this week. No, this when you when you don't know storylines and what the storylines are going to be, we all sucked. So, <laughs> <laughs> which what I was actually going to ask you, what do you think of the best Meltzer ever? You know, what's with these finishers having Meltzer in them? Yeah, I was going to ask that. They have one. The Young Bucks have one. <laughs> the Meltzer driver, the best Meltzer ever. Yeah, what's all that about? Yeah. Uh, well, the, 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 the Young Bucks one was just, you know, it's a mock Meltzer. And then I think SoCal just decided to do one of their own. <laughs> well, they're all in the elite. So and this whole thing started from the Meltzer tweet. So I, I understand it. I just, I was like, well, fuck, how many finishers are we going to have that <laughs> <laughs> Meltzer driver, Meltzer Aruni, Meltzer dropkick, Meltzer lock. You know. All right, What'd we think, did it. What did you What did you think, Jared? I really like this match. Um, I've I've seen all the SDU guys before. I've seen Seema before. I've I've not seen uh, T Hawk and Lineman before. Uh, but this is a hot match. This is really fun. Uh, they were pulling out all kinds of great moves, like Josh said. The the, the near falls, but there were a lot of near falls, but they made sense. They're just like it's just one big move and a pin after their big move, big move, double team. That double team action, like holy cow, was that was like revival level, like on steroids. Damn. <laughs> the, the way they, they they'd section a guy off and then they'd beat him up for like five minutes. But it was two guys in the ring, just it was just like assault after assault, right? There'd be you know combo moves and then. You know, each guy making a move like right back to back and then chaining it all together. And both teams were doing that. It was so much fun to watch. If this is an indication of what we what to expect from the chi the Chinese promotion, then I want to see what they have to offer. I want to see more of what they have to offer. Well, didn't they say that the SCU guys were there training the Chinese guys? I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure they mentioned I know, that on the show. I know Seema's the head trainer. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, SoCal Uncensored helps with it every now and then. If that's the case, then, yeah, give me more of it. Give me more. Yes, please. <laughs> Moving on, it was supposed to be a three-way women's match between Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray, and Dr. Britt Baker at DMD. But there was one additional person added to the match, uh -huh. and that was Awesome Kong. But the match was won by Dr. Britt Baker. 
That was an interesting swerve because Brandy Rhodes came out, chief Brandy officer, and she was in gear and with a cape on and everything or a jacket or whatever. And she's like, I wanted this match to be because here's the backstory in the road to double or nothing YouTube series over the weeks. She had told each of those three ladies that they're the favorite of all the guys, you know, they're the favorite of, you know, quote unquote, the bookers and you're a lock to win. All you got to do is show up. You're good to go. You're golden, whatever. She did that to Brit. She did that to Nyla. She did that to uh, Kylie Ray. And that's what she referenced when she did that little promo at the start. You know, she's saying, you know, all three of you could, could definitely win this triple threat match. And, and that's true. And I meant that. But I want this to not just be a great match. I want it to be an awesome match. And just before she had said that, she took her jacket off. I'm like, well, okay, you're just going to insert yourself. Okay, wife of the, one of the EVPs. Uh, this is not going to go well. But so, and then Awesome Kong came out, and that was a shock because I didn't think she was even active, period, ever since Glow started. And they're, you know, about to or just wrapped on season three or whatever. So I didn't, I had no inclination that she was anywhere near active competition at this point. So that was a big shock. Um, it was good to see uh, Awesome Kong versus Nyla Rose and kind of like a Haas standoff. Uh, they kind of, you know, equaled each other and took each other out several times while Britt. Baker and Kylie Ray kind of uh, assumed the working boots portion of the match. Um, Kylie Ray is basically a cut copy paste of Bailey, just from character standpoint. A um, little more on the smiley side. Um, oh. <laughs> the match itself was really good. Um, and you talk about Jr. not being able to do his signature calls anymore. Can you imagine him at the dentist office? Dr. Burt Baker, Dr. Burt Baker, good God, good God, Novocaine, Novocaine, <laughs> get the spit, babe, get the spit, babe, spit, rinse, spit, rinse, oh, good God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Josh is losing it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, this, this was a really good match. I, I did like the swerve <clears throat> at the start, but for the love of Pete, Kylie Ray is on my AEW shit list. She is. Hey, what's with you and not hating uh, uh, women wrestlers who smile? Dude, she's guilty by association. <laughs> Dude, she if, if even I, disassociation. <laughs> if I had to choose between Bailey and Kylie Ray, I would take Bailey every day, all day. Wow. This, this woman is yeah. so annoying. So Awesome <laughs> Kong. Awesome Kong is introduced and the entire, you know, uh Brit and uh geez, I forgot the other girl's name now. Uh Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose are and the entire crowd is essentially shitting themselves while Awesome Kong is standing on the ramp and colors, I'm smiling, yeah, I don't know what's going on. She's, Even the announcers called her on it. I forget which one it was, but oh, they said, why is she smiling? She's so annoying. <laughs> all, all the time through the introduction, she's just standing there with a shit-eating grin on her face. 
it's like beyond annoying. I think I think I I think I dislike her more than MJF. Wow. But you know what's you know it's too bad it's too bad we can't get you know I, I don't want to call it you know it's not a dream match it's far from anything from that but what I want to see we're never going to get to see but I want to see Nyla Rose versus Nia Jax. Oh jeez. I thought you were going to say Bailey versus Kylie Ray. Oh, the, no, no, And no. the world would implode <laughs> upon itself. Yeah, no. And Jared commits suicide. That That's, I, I told you a couple weeks, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, that's what happens when the Good Brothers face the revival, the time stands still. But no, I'd like to see Nyla versus Nia. That would be a, you know, as long as Nia promises not to botch and kill anybody, but. They're breaking um, one's orbital yeah. bones. <laughs> so yeah this was really good i actually want to see more of nyla rose i want to see more of Britt baker um kylie seems to be the type that will bump for people and she'll be the ray mysterio of the women's division um but yeah i nothing wrong with this match at all aside from the things that we spoke about character wise but just as an interesting fact, and just I'll say it now in case I forget to later, when I watch Raw and SmackDown, I watch them on a delay so I can fast forward. Um, I watch this pay-per-view on a delay, and I will tell you, and I told Jared this already, I did not fast forward one time during matches. The only time I fast forwarded because it was getting late was during dead time, like in between matches or if somebody was taking a long time to get to the ring or something, just dead time. Then I fast forwarded. But if I saw something that caught my eye, I would rewind and go back. But other than that, during the matches, all the matches, I did not fast forward once. For the record, if I would have been doing pick something right there. Yeah. I didn't fast forward at all. I just I put the damn thing down and I just sat back and watched. But if I was doing pickums, I would be two and zero right now, and I got lucky because I thought once Awesome Con came out, I thought I was going to lose for sure. But Britt came through, which is great. <laughs> Next match we had the tag team match of best the best friends. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta defeating the team of Angelico and Jack Evans from the heavens. Uh, this was my first swerve that wasn't awesome, Kong. Um, I thought Angelico was going to be a lucha guy in a mask. Uh, it's a white boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> color me surprised. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could have told you that. Well, yeah. So <laughs> I was just going to go name. ahead. Yeah. So uh, don't judge a gimmick by its name, apparently. Um, <laughs> but but he was flippy. Uh, as were all four guys, actually. Um, I know Trent Beretta from his cup of coffee in NXT or WWE or whatever it was. Uh, the other three guys were unknowns to me. For the most part. Um, but you know. That all fades away once the match starts. And, and you start getting invested. In what's going on. And that's the point. 
is if there's good storytelling during the match and good character development and good pacing and everything is good, then halfway through you forget that you don't know everybody involved and you're just entertained and you're watching and you're invested and it's great. The one negative I have on this match is who the who the F dressed these four and did nobody talk to each other? <laughs> Why were they all four allowed to come out looking like a highlighter? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh, it's bad enough. I don't know who three out of the four. Are. Now you're going to dress them all alike and blind <laughs> me to boot. Well, I know, I, I know Angelico and Jack Evans, that's their, that's their color. That's their, that's their style. All now, right. Best well then, friends, the hell with the best friends for copying it. <laughs> I can't defend the best friends, but I know Come for a fact like on how to check That's their style. Yeah, I know Angelico and Jack Evans from watching Lucha Underground. I've seen them on there quite a bit, so familiar with them. I, I didn't know anything about the, the best friends. But again, like Josh said, once the match starts, you just sit back and enjoy it, and you don't really care that you don't know who they are. You know their names as they're being called throughout the match. And that's great. So I like how I'm being introduced to all these new people rather than watching the same old guys, the same old moves every week. So uh, part of why I was enjoying watching Lucha, Lucha Underground. So, uh, yeah, good on AEW. Another, another solid match. Next up, we had the six women's tag team match, which, oh, boy, I'm going to get these names wrong. I apologize. <laughs> Hikaru Shida. Reno Abe and Ryo Mizunami defeated the team of Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and Amy Sakura. This would have been where I normally would have been tempted to fast forward because I don't know, didn't know five of the six. And you almost got trigger happy with fast forward button until the match started. And it was just nonstop high octane level intensity. And these girls are stiff with some of their move sets and holy crap, Aja Kong still got it. I don't even know how old she is, but damn. Uh, the, yeah, this was just, great uh, some people online had said oh they did a botch with the introductions because the video was playing the wrong person when the other person was being introduced no that's not how it was it was a rolling video of each three person like it would go a b c a b c a b you know it would keep rolling as each person was coming out so just because the camera shot to b when c was being introduced it doesn't mean it was a botch so if you paid attention, you would have seen that. But anyway, I digress. The match was great. The finish, the the build to the finish, I, I should say. I mean, you know, they, they, they brought weapons in for crying out loud. Joshi women brought in weapons and metallic trash cans and, and kendo sticks and wow. And then, you know, the whole story that I didn't know, obviously, coming in, but there was, like, a student and a mentor, and that was the finish, you know, the student pinned the mentor, and holy crap, this was just amazing. And um, I hope, 
I, I know, I don't know which one or ones, and I'm sorry, but I know some of these ladies are signed full time to AEW. So if that's true and that being the case, then I look forward to seeing some stuff in the future that will blow my mind. Yeah, yeah. I don't know really how else to, to put that. Uh, I, I don't really know who really any of, the, any of these ladies are. I've heard of Aja Kong before. I think I've maybe seen one match of hers. She had a cup of coffee with WWE back in the mid-'90s, I think it was. Yeah, but this was... This is the the poster child of, you know, somebody says hit like a girl and it's awesome because they just beat the <laughs> absolute crap out of each other. This was so hard hitting. Like Josh said, it was intense. It was just action from from start to finish. It was exciting. I didn't care that I didn't know any of them. It was just fun to watch. It was a great match. Jay did say Aja Kong had a cup of coffee in the WWF, which she did in 95, and Josh mentioned as well. Can you imagine if they went through with their plan and brought in more of these girls at that time during that time period instead of canceling the whole thing once uh, Under Blaze went to WCW? Nah, they just would have all job to Alundra Blaze, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I, she was the one they were strapping the rocket to, so... Hence the reason she defeated Aja Kong like that. And if it would have been a Lundra Blaze versus that Aja Kong from Saturday, oh hell no! <laughs> oh, do you remember that uh, that backdrop driver she nailed? I don't know who she hit it with, but that was at about six hundred and seven miles an hour, and it was right on the yeah. back of her neck. It was just insane. It's just amazing, like you said, Jer. It's just amazing she's doing it, and she's this far in her career. She's forty eight. Like she She's, she's, how much? 40, she's gonna be 49 in September. 40 jeez. They're still doing that. That's amazing. Oh, it was sick. And so what's probably the most emotional match of the night, Cody defeated Dustin Rhodes. Cody comes out. There's a big throne shaped after somebody from the competition. It, it may have had a skull or two on it. Yeah. <laughs> and the <laughs> iron cross. Yeah. <laughs> And a skull Cody, or two or ten. Cody gets to the ring, is given a sledgehammer, and proceeds to smash said throne. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder what that's a shot at. I know, right? <laughs> I had to mention. Well, that. I was watching it. I was watching it, and they they you know it's Cody's entrance. They you know darken the arena. And the lights come up, and it's on this golden throne. And the first thing you see is the Iron Cross. I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, it's obviously mocking his uh, his WrestleMania entrances. And then Brandy goes under the ring and pulls out the sledgehammer. I'm like, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> and then Cody, Cody goes to smash the the throne and pyro goes off and it's a big puff of smoke to hide the fact that it didn't really crumble the way they wanted it to, which I found out after the fact. Um, but it's funny because as I'm watching this, I'm remembering one of the episodes of the road to double or nothing where Cody's talking to his, uh, one of his number crunchers who's doing the budget for the pay-per-view. 
and he goes, uh, is Pyro in there? He goes, oh, yeah, we're going to have Pyro. No big deal. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to do it. And Cody goes, what about a small explosion at the top of the stage? Can we, can we do that? Do we have room for that? And he goes, yeah, I think we can move some things around. We can, we can definitely squeeze that in. Yeah, it's not a problem. And now that's what that, you know, obviously what that was. But it's just, it's funny listening to people who, you know, the company is backed by a millionaire. And they're asking if there's room in the budget for a small explosion at the top of the stage. Did, did you say millionaire and meant billionaire? Well, yeah, you know, a multimillionaire or whatever. A rich man. Yeah, no, he ha- he's wealthy. I was just going to say, you can't use the word rich. You have to use wealthy here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can run out of rich. You can't run out of wealth. There's a whole Chris Rock bit about that. Yeah, oh. I, I was just going to say that. That's funny. But the match itself, what did you guys think? The most emotional match of the night? <sighs> I'm going to steal a line from JR at the end. Uh, I'm not crying. My allergies are acting up. Uh, this was great. From the opening promo when they show you how we got here, so to speak. It was just stuff that was lifted from their YouTube series. But I'd seen it before, but it's still good nonetheless. Cody's promo was so damn good. And even Dustin's promo was good. So you knew going in that this was going to be something great. And I had high expectations that this was going to be better and even exceed um, Cody versus Nick Aldis at All In, which was also the emotional match of that show. So, um, you know, this had everything. I thought Dustin's new look was great. Um, They did an early spot where Cody does the Stardust pose, and then a little bit later on, Dustin has Cody uh, up on the turnbuckles and he's doing the 10 punch spot. And at nine, he stops. And I'm like, <laughs> as soon as he stopped, I myself out loud go, because <sighs> I thought he was going to do the gold dust spot. But he didn't. He did another stardust bit. I'm like, you're not stardust, dumbass. You were gold dust. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, I thought that was fun. Uh, Both of them hitting the trademark uh, kneel down uppercut, which is one of my, uh, what do you call it? Um, Guilty pleasure moves. Because if you analyze it to death, it's dumb as hell. But I enjoy it. It's my personal people's elbow. So I enjoy the kneel down, pop up, uppercut, whatever you want to call it. Um, Dustin was more known for doing it, but Cody did it too. I thought they were great. Stealing each other's moves. Apparently, Dustin didn't remember what his finisher was. I mean, he did attempt a Shattered Dreams at one point, but they were both hitting crossroads. And I'm like, "Um, that was Cody's move. Why are you both doing it? But anyway, that was the story, you know, part of the story being told. Uh, Brandy getting involved, which is funny because in the YouTube 
uh, episodes, she didn't want this match to happen. She was in those episodes playing the neutral family member saying, you know, I don't want brothers to be fighting and this, that, and the other. But here she was the heel because she was the wife, you know, playing the wife role rather than the sister-in-law role. Um, so she interfered with a bottle of water. She hit Dustin with a spear uh, and then was ejected. And so during this time, during the ejection, while Dustin's selling on the floor, the cameraman, I don't know if he made a mistake or missed his cue or whatever, but instead of focusing on Brandy getting ejected, which he should have, he pans over to Dustin who's face down on the floor mat and you can clearly see him blade. I'm not saying you saw the blade, but you saw the motion with his hand at his forehead. And then he, the cameraman quickly, you know, jumps to something else. And I'm like, up oh, here comes the color. Cause they both said in various interviews that this match would probably have blood in it. And as soon as I saw him nick his forehead, I'm like, all right, here we go. What I didn't expect is the waterfall that we got. Oh, God. <laughs> Afterwards, this was Randy Orton getting uh, busted open legit by Brock levels of blood. And holy crap. Um, this came, this got me close to fast forwarding because I was like, oh, I can't. I just can't. So I turned away a couple of times, but when he was face down in the ring and it was just pouring, pouring like a faucet out of him. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but the match was great. The end was fantastic. Uh, I don't know, Jared, I'll let you give your thoughts before we get to the post match promo, but pff, Holy crap. What a match. Yeah, no kidding. Like, what else do I, do I say from what you've already said? I mean, these guys are beating the crap out of each other. They're stealing each other's moves, they're doing everything they they could to, to you know, be the better. They're the best brother on this night, right? So, um, yeah, the the blood was. Uh, I must have looked away as I, I didn't notice the uh, the the blading that like, that you caught, but I saw the result of it in the ring. <laughs> and like you said, it was just. At one point, they uh, he was kneeling down on the mat, kind of like on all fours. And the camera zooms in, and you just see the blood just running out of his head. Like you said, just like a faucet. And it was just, it wasn't dripping. It was, there was a, a solid stream of blood. <laughs> it was just running. Was, yeah, you kind of look oh. deep there, Dustin. <laughs> like, holy crap. It, oh, my God. <laughs> There's a lot so of blood. Bad. And you saw the, the canvas afterwards, and it was just covered just patched red in blood and at one point uh cody even wiped uh his his hand on dustin and then got all the blood on it and then wiped it on his own chest is kind of like a battle thing that was great but yeah we can well talk- you know what even on top of that he wiped it over his left pectoral which is where that dream tattoo is yeah yeah and then i was like well that's a lot of symbolism right there oh for sure yeah Absolutely, yeah. But we... here, here's the thing with the can that you mentioned. Uh, Nicole had come in 
and was getting ready to go to bed when she saw that. And she goes, this is the main event, right? I'm like, no. She goes, well, what are they going to do with the ring? I said, oh, they'll probably change it out. And sure enough, after the match, you could see uh, crew going in to change out the canvas. Because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be good for the rest of the show. Yeah, I got the offer. It's like, oh, man, that ring looks really clean. <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely swapped it out for sure, yeah. But tell us, I'll let you describe it, Josh, the, the post-match after, so after Cody beats Dustin, after he pins him, um, I, I think the idea was to retire Dustin at this point, but that's not exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I didn't see this, but this is oh. what he said in the post-show interview. But he said he was starting to take his boots off. Like he like the visual of leaving your boots in the ring. I've hung up my boots and that's it. Cody grabs a mic and comes in the ring and says, and and it sounds at first like he's cutting a heel promo. It says he says something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing here, that you don't get to retire here. That's not what this is about. You don't get to do that here. And he paused, and the crowd didn't know should we be booing him you know they they were kind of a little restless and before they could make a decision he continues on he says when i started this company with matt and nick and and there was uh we had to plan for the future we had to plan for the next show and i put my name down on a contract for a tag team match against the young bucks and uh, it was to be a partner of my choosing. And the crowd starts getting restless because they know where this is going. And he says, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. I need my big brother. And as he's saying, I need my big brother, he starts getting choked up. And Dustin stands up. And the two of them hug in the ring, blood in between them and all. And uh, that's how that concludes. Now, I think that now that I'm remembering, yes, that is for Fight for the Fallen. That is the July, the date escapes me, but it's the July pay-per-view. I want to say 13th, maybe Uh, the July pay-per-view in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, so it will be Cody and Dustin teaming up against the Young Bucks. That was so perfect, wasn't it? It was weird. It was unexpected. It was to me. a the promo is a recall. It recalls the promo that Dusty did in WCW, I think in '94. Or something like that, where he said he didn't need a partner, he needed his son. Okay, well, that makes it even so just better. So y- yeah. Just, just so y'all know, it, it's a throwback to that promo that Dusty did on uh, with Dustin. That's amazing. But hey, speaking of, speaking of the Young Bucks, they took on the Lucha Brothers of Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix for the AAA World Tag Team Championship, and the Young Bucks won it. I don't know that this is officially my match of the night, but this was so good. <laughs> now, at all in, 
you kind of got robbed a little bit because the Young Bucks were in the main event, but it was a six-man tag, and they were cut off by pay-per-view timing. So the match there was rushed, and you didn't get, you know, proper Young Bucks match quality. At All In, it was Pentagon versus Kenny Omega. So there was no Phoenix Jr. So this was a chance to see the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a half hour. I don't even know what to call it. I, I think saying a spot fest would do a disservice. It was just... I think it was like the six women's tag match turned up beyond 11 to like <laughs> 25. This had so many near falls, so many false finishes, so many high spots. Phoenix Jr. is amazing with his agility. That Some of the stuff he was pulling off was just asinine. Um. The Young Bucks, I I haven't seen too many of their matches. I know who their characters are thanks to the YouTube series. Like, I am all about that, and I'm fully versed in there. But I haven't seen too many of their matches. But holy crap, just some of the... I don't even know. I just, I can't even put it into words. This is where the Fight Forever chant should have been in, because... <laughs> I, I would like to see a 60-minute Iron Man match between these two tag teams. Oh my That's God, how Josh. good it is. What was that? I said, oh, my God, Josh. <laughs> I mean, just take that match and double it. That'd be 60 minutes, you know. But I was very surprised the Lucha Brothers did not win the belts. Perhaps, I guess, they'll win them back in Mexico. I think there's another match between these two in Mexico in June, I think. Um, so they'll probably drop them back to the uh, to the Lucha Bros then. Um, and from the time I was at All In and even to this Double or Nothing pay-per-view, how over is the um, Sierra Miedo uh, chant for Zero <laughs> Fear? Holy crap. <clears throat> he must have did that about 12 times, probably more. But holy crap, is that over? They were to do a 60-minute Broadway. Imagine how many super kicks that would be in that match. That would be the scoreboard. Forget the falls. I know. Those super <laughs> kicks wins. And this is not a bad thing because I love no. the Bucks and I love this match too. So I'm not knocking it at all. This was, like you said, freaking amazing. I, I'm a fan of the Bucks. I, you know, I've been unabashed in it. And then the Lucha Brothers, like you said, I. I've seen them before, and I've liked their stuff, but this was an eye-opener. It's like, damn, they brought it. Yeah, this this was a complete treat for me because, you know, I, I like Josh, I've not seen a whole bunch of the Young Bucks, but, Erica, you've talked about them quite a bit. I have gone and watched, you know, several of their matches on YouTube, so I had a really good idea of what they're about. And Phoenix and Pentagon, I've watched them for three seasons in Lucha Underground, and I know what they can do. Their agility, their ability, you know, bits like when Phoenix, you know, say he might be pulled off the top rope, but you know how most people get crotched on the uh, across the top rope, he just bounces up, 
to the second rope, to the top rope, grabs the guy, flips him around the ring. Like the, the guy is just, I think, Josh, you said insane or asinine or something. It's it's beyond that. It's just incredible what like, this guy can do. Like He's he's like ricochet levels and probably plus. It, it's incredible. And you put those two together, uh, like, oh, my God. And then you put all four of them together, and it's just this... <laughs> cosmic explosion of awesomeness in the middle of the room. Yes. <laughs> That's about the There's only way. Pe- Pentagon and Phoenix like the next generation next loot next generation of lucha stores. Yeah. Like they're and they've been around for quite a while too, but they're they're finally getting their, their notice and I can watch these guys all day. This is this is Revival American Alpha. This is Uso's New Day. This is all those but just cranked way, way the fuck up. This is so good. <laughs> Sorry for the f bomb, but this was this was my match of the night, and it was just didn't matter. It, by the time it was over, it didn't matter who won. I thought maybe that because the Bucks went down to Mexico and took the titles, that perhaps uh, the Lucha Brothers would win them back here. But like we said, there's, there's gonna be another match in Mexico. They'll they'll win there. But I thought maybe the you know trading the belts off in each other's home country would be kind of cool. But it didn't freaking matter. This was just a, an awesome exhibition of just creativity and amazingness and insanity, and it was just nuts. Well, here, here's the... Sorry. There's another show coming up, not just in Mexico. I think there's a show called Fighter Fest. It's another big... I don't know if it's AEW-sponsored or, or it's, what. Um, it's a wrestling and video game festival uh i don't think this is going to be a pay-per-view but there are wrestlers from aew on this card um but i it's it's heavily involved with kenny omega because he's a video game guy so i think he's involved with a company that's putting it on which is ceo i believe um but I, I don't think it's going to be like a buyable pay-per-view, at least not on direct TV or, you know, any of the cable outlets. It may stream, um, but I haven't really looked into it. Um, okay. but I, yeah, there is one. That's why I thought it might be there. But... Yeah. That that's June 29th. That's at the end of next month. Okay. But in terms of this match here, I thought, for a couple of reasons. One, the reason that Jared mentioned that they would have traded title swaps in each other's home country. Uh, also, I thought this was the only title match on the card. I thought they would have had a title change to, you know, pop the crowd, but <laughs> turns out the content popped the crowd. So um, they didn't need a title change. Uh, so, yeah, it just... Um, I, I'm trying to think of a negative and, and maybe the negative is, is holy crap, are those tag belts ugly? Um, but <laughs> hey, you know, if that's the worst thing I can say about it, then I think they're doing something good. Cheap Mexican labor. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> so good. I'm I'm three and three after this match if I would have been doing pickums. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, speaking of title belts, Bret Hart comes out, introduces the AEW title belt, world title belt, and I gotta say, it's a beautiful belt. I'm on the fence about it. 
truth be told. Um, I like that it's five plates. I like the size of it. I'm just never a fan of that busy of a design. There's just too much going on for you to visually be able to focus on any one part aside from logos that stick out. But that's why I've never been a fan of the big gold belt. And that's tame compared to this belt that was presented. Uh, but in terms of the size and the, you know, it, it being five plates and it, it's just huge. Um, and, and I'll have to see it. I mean, I saw it, you know, with Brett holding it, he missed some cue or camera or whatever, and you could barely see it. Uh, Cody, after the fact, I think the next day at StarCast, again, he took like a a 15 second video of it, which kind of made it look a little bit better, but, um, it'll have to grow on me. But that being said, I, it's, they asked Dave, uh, McMillan, I think it is who made the belt. How many hours of late Millen? Is that what it is? Millen? Oh, Milliken. Sorry. My bad. Sorry, Dave. Um, they asked him how many hours of labor, and he said, just for the stones, the diamonds alone, 30, 30 hours of putting diamonds and setting them in their spots. Never mind the plates and the leather and all that other stuff. Damn. 30 hour. Damn, that's that. <laughs> just to set put diamonds. some care into it, that's for sure. Yeah. And the, the segment also had Adam Page and interrupted. Also, they were interrupted by MJF. The you know, MJF then got, oh, got so uh, good. Ta- pretty much. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. But he was ran off by. Uh, he was ran off by uh, Adam Page, Jungle Boy and Jimmy Havoc. Oh, speaking of Jimmy Havoc, I, I missed this, but when they showed the highlights of the Battle Royal. Did he really hit Tommy Dreamer with a staple gun? Yes. I Holy believe crap. so. Twice. Yes. And he also, uh, I believe he also stapled a cigarette to uh, Joey Janela's head. Nice. His head. A lit uh. cigarette. It was not just the regular, <laughs> just not, not a plain cigarette, but a lit one that Joey Janela was smoking. For those who missed New Jack. There Jimmy Havoc, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, they and, and they... They went out of their way to the stick to um, separate Havoc and Dreamer. Dreamer is a hardcore wrestler. Havoc is a uh, deathmatch wrestler. Yeah. And there is a difference. Which Tommy quickly found out. Yes. Yeah. Tommy took staples in more than one head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we had the main uh, event. Which whoa, had... Hold on. Hold on. Hold sorry, on. Just because just because Jarrett doesn't want to pimp MJF doesn't mean I don't. Uh, I'll, I'll be back in a few uh, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just the delivery of the opening part of the promo where he's talking about uh, Adam Page and his logo gimmick is that he's, you know, a cowboy and he made a, made references to a racehorse and he goes because Adam Page is selling the knee injury from Pac and uh, he goes, you know what they do to racehorses with a bum leg? 
and he's he's trying to you know tell them that they put him down and everything but he uh hangman takes a swipe at him or as he's about he's like whoa whoa settle down sea biscuit and just the delivery of that whole thing was great. And then, you know, he he makes fun of Bret Hart. He goes, oh, my God, Bret, there's a fan in the ring. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's another swipe at WWE, even though it was indirect. But uh, then he says, you know, what I want the fans to know is that I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best. Nah, nah, screw it. You know what? That catchphrase sucks. And uh, just the delivery of the entire promo before he was interrupted by Jungle Boy, just spot on and the charisma is there and he just gets it and he's a dick heel and it's just perfect. Yeah, Jared still hates him. I feel I'm sad for Josh. <laughs> we we are gonna get into it over this guy as the shows progress. <laughs> but you know what? It's better that than Baron Corbin. Well, yeah, but oh, Baron Corbin can't. I mean, like I said, I give it as he can talk, but he talks to the point of annoyance, like hardcore annoyance. That's the whole idea. No, it's <laughs> it's to the like I said, it's to the point of go away heat. It's not even heel heat anymore. <laughs> Well, you have two months to dis- to figure that out because that's when their next uh, big pay per view, which we'll probably do a preview for. I, I ain't got to figure shit out, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but that does lead us to our main um, event, which had Chris Jericho taking on Kenny Omega. With the winner, will be taking on Adam Page in a future AEW World Championship match, which had Chris Jericho defeating Kenny Omega. Afterwards, Chris Jericho celebrates, and then we have the surprise appearance of John Moxley, who you may have known as Dean Ambrose. So he's officially in AEW, attacks just about everybody. Not not just about, he does attack everybody. Jericho, Omega, the referee, even DDT's Omega on the chip display, chip set that they had. Poker and chip. Poker chips, thank you. I just said chips, but poker chips, yes. So you know, for the Las Vegas setting. But Chris Jericho will be taking on Adam Page in the future. Hey Norco. Yes. Remember last week when I sold you on picking Chris Jericho? Yes. How'd that turn out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. <clears throat> so probably, uh, and, and truth be told, it was only one of two matches I got correct. That's how crappy our predictions were, uh, mine specifically. But that being said, uh, I was more than impressed by this match because Jericho at 48 looks worse in terms of dad bod and out of shape, even though he's in shape, just visually. He doesn't look like he's you know, doing a lot of cardio or whatever, even though he is, I know he is because I've seen the training videos, but looks worse than Dustin Rhodes at 50, which says a lot, but needless to say, the match was still great. I'm not a fan of silver haired Kenny Omega, uh, made him look old, but the match itself 
told a great story. There was even callbacks to their New Japan stuff. Uh, they brought in, I, I guess, a table that would be used in Japan because I've never seen a table like that before. And it was, even though it was cut to break, it was stiff as hell when Omega went through it. Um, you know, Jericho did the bit where he takes the camera from the cameraman. He did that in New Japan. Uh, the only difference was he didn't flip off the camera this time. So uh, there was lots of... Before the match even started, I should say that Jericho's entrance featured a trip down memory lane of the of the various Jericho gimmicks. There was a Lionheart video that played on the Tron, or I should just say a logo that played and cut to the back of a younger looking Chris Jericho with curly hair when he was in uh, uh, ECW and WCW as Lionheart. Then it faded to black. Then the lights came up and it was another Jericho with holding the list of Jericho clipboard in front of his face. And then the lights went down and then you saw light bright jacket Jericho at the ramp, which got a huge pop. And then the lights went down and then um, uh, his Fozzie song played and the current modern day Jericho came out and it's basically the same look as New Japan minus the face paint. Um, so I thought that was cool. I was surprised at how physical this match still was because Kenny broke his nose early on in the match. I want to say like five minutes in, <laughs> he had a busted nose. So for, you know, kudos for, to Kenny for going on and for that long with a busted nose, as the announcers were saying, saying, I'm sure the breathing was difficult. Uh, the match was just so good. Um, they're, they got most of their usual signature stuff in Kenny with a bunch of V triggers. I don't think he was ever successful at pulling off the one winged angel. Uh, Jericho always found a way to, you know, wiggle out of it. And I, I think by doing that, they protected his finisher because he never executed it in, in the match. Uh, Jericho did a, a lion tamer. I'm sorry, he did the walls of Jericho and then turned it into a lion tamer by, uh, you know, reaching back on the one knee and, and you know, sh shifting his hips just a little bit and, and making it the lion tamer, which got a pop from the crowd. So all in all, this was the right decision. Um, I think and I feel that Jericho will be the first champion because uh, the money's in the chase and it fits with his heel character. It fits with his gimmick of claiming responsibility for AEW and all the success that it has. So I am highly confident that he will beat Adam page for the title. And this was just a great way to close out the show. The whole thing with John Moxley that got a huge pop from the crowd. I think that came off better than anyone could have hoped for it looked so good and he looks so re-energized and of you know just the whole <clears throat> not even going off of anything that he said in his interview on talk is jericho because as we said that's a whole nother podcast but literally and figuratively but it, it just was great I, i'm 
anxious to see what they're going to call Dirty Deeds now because obviously it's not going to be Dirty Deeds. But like Norco said, he hit Dirty Deeds on Jericho. He hit Dirty Deeds on the referee. He tried to hit Dirty Deeds on Omega, and they ended up brawling all the way to the poker chips. Caught Dirty Deeds on the poker chips, and then Moxley did a Death Valley driver where Kenny Omega landed on the stage. So that all being said, this was a phenomenal main event. And for those who are interested in Fighter Fest, I don't know how you'll be able to view it just yet, but I may have to find a way short of going there because one of the booked matches is John Moxley versus Pentagon. And hot damn, I want to see that. Oh, hot damn indeed. Wow, yeah. This was yeah, for me the, the number 2 match of the night, but it was it was so good. Um from everything that that Josh they they beat the crop of each other. The one I guess thing I didn't like was like Kenny Omega used probably like 107 V triggers. I wish he would have maybe mixed it up a bit, but not quite as is hey. He does that in New Japan too. Yeah, but it, even it's so repetitive. Yeah, but even their their last big match in New Japan, I don't think had that many. It was, that was just there's a lot of V triggers. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, you know it was a super solid, super well, not solid, super great match. It was a beat the shit out of each other. They lot of like you said, a lot of callbacks to their, their New Japan stuff. Uh, just what else you say it was really good. I actually thought Omega was going to win it. I did not have Jericho winning it, so I would have been three and four, and yay on my pickums. Um, so I don't know. I, was, I think I still would have beat Norco though, because I always beat Norco. Whoa, 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 whoa! There, there it is. There it is. Yeah, because I, 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 I always win. So uh, you know, just nothing new there. Whatever. But, yeah, such, such a good match. <laughs> the the Moxley stuff was was so good that when he when he. When he DVD'd uh, Omega off the poker chip and he hit the stage, you could almost see the stage kind of collapse a little bit, which added to the whole, the whole thing and you know how how cool it was and how devastating it was. And Moxie said it's good to have him on board, and I'm looking forward to see, uh, seeing this version of him rather than the, than the Dean Ambrose we got in, in WWE. I think they'll let him go a little bit more crazy, which is always going to be fun. And if I get to see him versus Pentagon, I, I may just. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> After seeing just that little bit plus the trailer that was released on May 1st, I can confidently say, and this is no knock against the person, this is all based on the surroundings, if you will. Uh, Dean Ambrose sucks. John Moxley is awesome. <laughs> I, I've never seen... John Moxley before. I've always seen Dean Ambrose, so I'm I'm looking forward to this version of him for sure. Judging from what I heard, and like we could do a whole show about it. From judging from what I've heard on him and talked to Jericho, I want I, I'm with you, Jared. I'm with you, Jared. I'm with you big time on this. I'm with you. <laughs> so at the very end, AEW needed to hit a home run with Double or Nothing. And and from what from what it sounds like, you guys think they did hit a home run with this. Am I am I right? 
uh, whatever the record is for home runs in a baseball game, AEW hit more than that. Yeah, yeah I was going to say this is like a 625-foot monster into the upper deck, pretty much. It's, and, and I say that with the kind of the caveat, it's, it's much easier to put on one great show than it is to put on TV every week, so I really want to see what they do when they get on TV and how they progress all this stuff and how they keep moving forward and then they and they book going into the future. But as of now, you know, minimal promos, lots of great wrestling on this show. Like what else do you want? This is this like, like Josh, I think you put it pretty well. This was an NXT show just cranked way the hell up. It was so good. Yeah. Here's here's a couple of things in terms of comparisons. This was better than all in and all in was awesome all in was not necessarily an aew show but it was the precursor to aew and jared i don't know if you listened to the show last week with norco seth and i when we were previewing this but i said then the main difference that you're going to see over time is the long-range storytelling and booking because Cody was in an interview that was released either Friday or Saturday early before the show. And they asked him specifically about weekly television and compared it and not, not compared it, but said, you know, Vince, we're hearing reports that he doesn't finalize raw until minutes before it goes on the air. How will you, or how will AEW be different and Cody said we have stuff lined out for the next 6 to 12 months already like they're ready to go like they have their arcs written and planned and and done and because they have all had all this time to write and get it all done and all they have to do is really tell the story so that is going to be one of the main differences. And that's the thing is you say, how will they do on television? I think they'll be just fine because they've planned ahead and they know what they're doing. And none of them are Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that's really good to hear. Uh, the one thing they're going to have to deal with is, well, geez, so-and-so missed his flight. So-and-so sick. So-and-so got hurt. See how they adjust and make things go on, on the fly. Cause no matter right. who you are, everybody has to deal with that. Um, Definitely. Yeah, but that's that is super encouraging to hear that you know they've got a year of material written already, and that's you know, Josh, you and I have ranted about this stuff on our on our weekly SmackDown and Raw shows, is is the the lack of continuity, the lack of big storytelling, right? And this is what keeps you coming back each and every week. Give me give me a chunk of a story every week that I know I'm going to look forward to tuning into tuning into and see what happens next. Give me that feed me that little bit every week. Keep me interested, keep me hooked. And it sounds like this is what they're exactly what they're planning to do. So bring it on, guys. So it sounds like with this show you just got instantly excited about the the prospects of AEW TV when that happens in October. Well, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, this is, like I said, it's easy to put on the one good show, but they've laid that 
foundation, right? So listen, they've introduced the new stars. They've started storylines already, and they're they're ready to go with all this material. Like, they're the, the stage is set. They're all set to go. They're ready to go. And we like always say we'll have to see what happens. It depends on the execution, but sounds like the planning is top notch, and they're they're all fired up and ready to go. Can't wait. And here here's the other thing is. They will have had three show, three pay-per-views in the can already done, storylines, championships, all that, before they even get to television. And I don't know if Fighter Fest is going to be canon or, you know, treated like a house show or whatever. So, you know, technically three and a half, possibly four shows before TV even hits. So... That's going to be the thing is, is not only is the word of mouth and the social media and the trending videos and all that, not only are they doing all that stuff well, but they've got double or nothing under their belt. Excuse me. They've got fighter fest coming up in June. They've got fight for the fallen in July. They've got all out in August and then they got a month or six weeks or maybe even eight weeks before October rolls around from that point. And they've got time. They've got their weekly being the elite show. They've, they got all this continuity stuff to build towards television to where once television airs, it'll feel like you're just getting a free pay-per-view from my opinion, you know, things will be that solid and that, you know, they'll have the experience of, you know, working through their roster and doing these things. So uh, it's it's all gravy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. They have another five months to prep. Right. So they're going to write even more stuff. They're going to get even more ready. Yeah. They're going to hit the, hit the ground running for sure. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out how that works out because we will be previewing uh, Fight for the Fallen in July. <clears throat> And all into when that happens in August. So we'll be talking about those when those come up. But coming up for next week, I think we'll be talking. Uh, you'll be back to the weekly Raw SmackDown reviews, guys. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> Is the Saudi Arabia show this week or next week? Next week. Next, next week. week. Okay. That, you know, that'll be the day I take off. Blood Money 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Well, yeah. get, get used to it, dude. They signed like a 10-year deal, right, to go to Saudi Arabia, so it's not going to stop anytime soon. Well, I'm not watching them for 10 years. Which is then. fine, yeah. I'm I'm with Norco. I'm not watching. I have no interest. I have less than zero interest. I, I could care less. <laughs> well, Josh could care less, and mine is political reasons, so <laughs> there it is. But I'll be reviewing the next episode of The Wrestlers, which uh, would the, uh, later on this week, Jared, I think it's good outside of uh, double or nothing or not double or nothing, <laughs> whatever <laughs> the Sally show is called. He's going to be getting ready for E3 for his sister podcast. You just got fragged. Am I right? You can bet your bottom dollar. And I know you're excited since it seems like Microsoft. Well, no, Microsoft isn't going to be the only one, only main company there, but Sony's avoiding it, but I know Microsoft's going to have the big presser, so they'll probably announce Scorpio, right? Well, Scorpio was the X1X. It's already there. Well, whatever the new Xbox is going to be called. Well, the X1X has been out for, what, a year, a year and a half? 
they they made teases with it. I'm not sure if they're going to announce it or not. We might get that next year. We'll we'll have to see. I don't know how far along they are. Last I heard, they were still trying to come up with their architecture, and that was about six months ago. Um, so I doubt they're ready to debut a finished product. But who knows what's going on behind those secret walls at Microsoft? Something you want to keep an eye on, Jared. Just a real quick before we end it. Something you want to keep a quick eye on is this little trade war because I'm reading a lot about it's going to affect video game consoles in the future as well. So that's going to suck. Well, maybe not for you because you're in Canada, but for us, me and Josh, it's going to suck. Oh, you mean importing things from Asia? Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Trump, you orange shit. Well, for you, it's good. Uh, for you, it doesn't matter, I don't think, does it? Well, no, it will, because we we get most of our stuff from the States once it's imported oh, from well, then China. Never mind. Yes, it's going to suck for you, too, then. <laughs> but yes, something to keep an eye on, because I'm hearing it's going to affect the uh, stuff at, like starting around 2020. So, yeah, like, yeah it's going to suck if we have to pay more for these new consoles, like a lot more than normal for these new consoles. Yeah. So I think it was like Walmart bringing everything in from China. Well, they want Walmart chips it out to everywhere else, including Canada, right? So we're going to get dinged, too. Damn. Yeah. But you can follow Jarrett Aubrey for those updates at Jarrett Aubrey 5150. Josh, I think he's wrestling done for the week, but you can still tweet at him about his comments about Double or Nothing at Southpaw Josh. He's uh, getting ready for this weekend's three-game stand. I don't know who they're, who you guys are facing, but somebody. St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, Division Division and what, like, not just division rival, but just rival period. Because Yeah, historic rival. We historic. hate them, they hate us. Which is why I know you're not keeping an eye on the Stanley Cup finals. Or if you are, you're, you're rooting for the Blues. Or not the Blues, the Bruins. Yeah, F the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, I think, has just checked out now. For hockey, oh, I haven't watched a damn minute. Well, actually, no, I, I lied. I watched exactly... Four minutes and 38 seconds of the San Jose power play when they came back and scored those four goals or whatever it was on that power play. And that's all I've watched since the Jets have been eliminated. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Well, my AHL Chicago Wolves are actually in the cup finals, so maybe I'll get tickets to that. There you go. There you go. Well, no, I, I was I was just saving your one note. Is all in two going to be in Chicago? Have they announced that? Yep. It was in the pay-per-view all out. August 31st, Sears Center. I'd save your money for that. <laughs> I might not have to. I might have a connection. I'm still, I'm still waiting to hear. I might have a Skybox connection. Oh, even better. That's I'm it. waiting to hear confirmation, though. We'll hear about that later on when that comes up in August. So, And you can follow me on Twitter at the bottom line. So come back. Keep on listening. We got a lot of great stuff coming at you. And with that, we are gone. The Wrestling Brother and Podcast, copyright 2019. The Wrestling Brethren are not sponsored or endorsed by any products, shows or services unless specifically stated the views expressed by the hosts of the wrestling brethren are purely their own and do not represent the views of any guests websites sponsors or affiliates 
Some media used on the Wrestling Brethren podcast is the copyright of its respective owners, all rights reserved.